Welcome to Sports, Clicks, and Politics with your hosts, Ben Husong and me, Sean Hannon. Welcome to episode 28 of Sports, Clicks, and Politics. I am Sean Hannon, joined as always by Ben Husong. Mr. Husong, congratulations on your uh, team victory yesterday. I see you wore your uh, cheerleading outfit. It's victory Monday, baby. <laughs> victory Monday. Congratulations. Congratulations. Thanks. Looks it's good. a very good game. Yeah, it was a fun game. It was. It was a fun game. I mean, it was ugly early, but more defense, I think, actually played better and then uh, kind of moved around, but it was, you know, entertaining. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a very odd game for the Bills. Of The defense carried them. They didn't do well in the first half, and they actually scored in the third quarter. So it was nothing you'd expect from a normal Bills game that we've come to know and love, but uh, it was a lot of fun. But as a win is a win is a win. Win is a win is a win. That's and it. And so the, the kind of, uh, without getting too far into the NFL uh, right away, um, kind of puts the Chiefs in driver's position for that uh, first seed and uh, kind of sets them up to repeat, really. So I think that's kind of going to be the narrative. Can anybody knock off the Chiefs going forward, yeah? I don't I don't know. The Dolphins uh defense does a better job against the Chiefs than pretty much anybody else. Uh and even then, I mean, they got they got Mahomes three picks and they still can't do yeah. anything about it. I yeah, mean that seem, team is just so good. good. So it's crazy. Um, so yeah, yeah so, I, I agree with that. So other than the victorious uh Sunday night, uh you know, did you get like a drunken stupor after the win? You go like riot in the streets or stuff? I mean it was pretty late at okay. night. <laughs> I'm not a young man. Well, how else was the rest of your weekend? What's what that? You, what how what's with the rest of your weekend? Rest of the weekend was good. Uh you know, a little flag football coaching, did oh, a family yeah. photo for the Christmas cards. Um that's about it. It was nice. not an exciting. It was a quiet weekend, but an enjoyable weekend. How about you? Uh, yeah, uneventful. Um, not a lot going on in my life other than uh, just trying to absorb information. There was quite a flurry of uh, stuff going on. There's quite a flurry of stuff going on even as we went live. I don't know if you guys have been paying attention to any of this, but um, just before I, we went live, I started seeing uh, Julian Assange is supposedly going to uh, be pardoned by the president. Uh, I haven't seen any confirmation of that yet, but I've seen a bunch of blue check marks out there on Twitter hoping that it's true or retweeting that it might be true. Uh, so hopefully that will begin a uh, potential pardon train of uh, Assange, Snowden, and Ross Albright. That would be uh, a nice trio um, to kind of change, again, what we've talked about here or I've talked about, the legacy of uh, the, the president as the outgoing president. Um, I don't know. And then... Uh, you know, we had this Dominion uh, software that I haven't even been able to fully read. I know I've seen a bunch of people out there that the uh, forensic investigation um, from some county in Michigan uh, came back and basically said, uh, I'm going to paraphrase the, the statement that I, that I read was something to the fact that these machines were purposely built to be, you know, infiltrated. So, um, so we'll see how that plays out. Cause again, we're just getting this information now. So, um, don't leave us here and look that up, but, uh, if you see anything, let us know. Um, so we also got to discuss the Supreme Court yeah. denying the case from Texas and 20 other states. We also have to discuss the COVID vaccine, which is now being shipped after gaining its approval. And First we have to today. discuss some Andrew Cuomo news. So we've got a lot to go through today. Yeah, this, yeah, could be, this, this is a lot to cover. Yeah, luckily, I may say luckily because I find our guests rather good and entertaining, but we don't have a guest and we have a lot of news. So that kind of works out in our favor. So yeah, we can, we could dive in a little bit at a time. Here. So let's go back to the NFL. Sounds like a plan. Sports, part of the sports clicks and politics. Sure. Um, a shuffle among the top with your victory at the bills over the Steelers. Um, I have moved the chiefs into number one you, with their victory over the dolphins. Again, it was ugly early for that game was, uh, I watched the first quarter of that game and it looked like the dolphins had a chance to pull the upset and they didn't. Yep. So, um, the Chiefs are number one. I think it, they're the team to beat. Agreed. Um, I have the Packers up to number two with a bullet. Their offense is really good. Um, I think that they can score with the Chiefs if sure. ever given an opportunity. Um, so I have them moved up to number two. I have the Saints number three mm-hmm. um, with their victory. They're both 10. No, and, they lost. Oh, they lost, right. Yeah, no. so they were they were number three last week, actually. Yeah. So they just stayed the same. I moved the Steelers all the way down to number five and put your bills in at number four. Bam. Congratulations. So the only point that I would, uh, I don't know, objection is over strong. 
The Packers, I'm not sure about. Like, they are a good team. Aaron Rodgers is unbelievable. Devontae Adams is uh, unstoppable, un- inhuman. Like, I, I can't imagine anybody doing what he's doing. I had him on my fantasy team this weekend, so it worked out for I me. It worked out well for you. Yes. Um, my concern on the Packers is who have they beat? Well, I mean, like I said, they, they beat who's on their schedule, right? Sure. So, again. It's a uh, soft schedule. Sure. It's been it's a soft th- schedule all the way through. There's only about five good teams. I get it. I get it. And they, the, and they can't they, play they, them They got to win against the Saints, I believe, which is a, a huge win for them, and it's a big deal. Um, other than that, and this was brought up to me actually last week by a friend of mine who said, like, look, the Packers, I'm sure they're good, but they haven't beat anybody. Like, they've, they've got one good win. Everything else is all games that you should win, even if you're just an average team. Sure. So, I listen, I'm not saying they're bad. They're, they're, they're a good team. Are they on the level of Chiefs, Saints? I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, I'm not. I mean, like I said, I, w- I want to see Drew Brees back and healthy to make sure that that team is actually right. a team. So, um, like, listen, we lose sight of that with the Saints right now. Of they have their backup quarterback in yeah. and their third string quarterback, the, really, because you know Jameis gotten a little. Well, you know, when you punch your coach in the face, no, nothing good ever comes. But uh, at least he won the fight, so that yeah. counts for something. But I mean, you went from Drew Brees, one of the most prolific passers in all of football history, to Taysom Hill. And you're like, what is what are they now? Six and one yeah, with like Taysom said, they're, Hill, they're, like, they're, they're, and their defense is really good too. So, um, oh yeah, like the best run defense in the league. So. They, listen, they had a bad game this weekend. Philadelphia caught them, and yeah. Jalen Hurts came in. Yeah, he's really good. I mean, he's really good athlete, right? So, I mean, and it also is anytime you have somebody with talent coming in a quarterback, it the NFL has no no film on him. They don't know tendencies. Yeah. They don't know anything. So the Eagles are going to have a really nice honeymoon period right now with Jalen Hurts for about four games. He looked good. And then we'll find out if he's good or not. Because it's only after they got the film on you, and now can you still succeed. I mean, even if he is really good, like their weapons aren't that great. So, um, you know. No, they're not. And their their coaching is troubling to me, too. Of like, Right. So he might be, he, if he wins in spite of the lack of players that he has at the skill position player, I, I don't know. He, he looked good. He looked, he, again, he looked like a guy who wasn't overwhelmed by the moment at all. Zero, right. like, immediately took the reins and was like, this is my show, and I got it, and played like it. So it was fun. Like right. I said, it was good to watch. Um, you know, I watched not too much of the other games around here, but uh, I don't know. Like I said, I, I moved the Browns out of the top five, but they play tonight, so they're playing the Ravens. That should be a good game. It'll be fun for me to watch. That'll but, be an exciting one. Um, the AFC looks pretty loaded, to be honest with you. Um, you know, I think the Chiefs are the team to beat, but the, the next four or five teams are all pretty good. They probably are just as good as the Saints and Packers. They just play each other more often in the AFC than they do. There's just not many good teams in the NFC right now. So, um, But another successful week of the, of the NFL. Any uh, single performances uh, stand out other than uh, your Bills? Uh, yeah, the Dolphins are much better than I They're thought good. they would be this year. Two is good, too. Uh, the Jets, after that glimmer of hope last week against the Raiders, reminded everybody that they are, in fact, the worst team imaginable. Yeah. Just getting steamrolled by the Seattle Seahawks. They'll be, they'll be rebuilding. So oh I think I, all the Jets fans know it, though. I, listen, and that's that's all well and good. I'm not. I'm not. I don't think anybody really cares as a Jets fan this year. You know, this year's a lost cause. It's done. Yeah. It's over. It's it's been over from the beginning. You never had a chance. Yeah. Uh, Adam Gase has to go, and they should stop hiring him as a head coach. He's not a good head coach. Just let go of that dream. Apparently, Greg Williams being fired wasn't the savior to the Jets season that it was uh, hoped to be. Well, that was a move that you know pretty much. You got to do something, kind of like the government. You don't even got to do something. Like, everybody knew what that was. This is Greg Williams. He blitzes all the time. He goes zero coverage, go after the quarterback on Hail Marys. It's not the first time he's done it. No. That's his track record. Yeah. You knew who he was. Yeah. But all of a sudden, you lose the one game out of the th- probably 15 to 16 that you're going to lose this year. And you went, we just can't have that. We're better than that as an organization. No, you're not. That is who you are as an organization right yeah. now. Sorry. Yeah, no, good. All right. So, so going right into the bottom five. Yeah. Obviously, the Jets are number one because that was just an amazingly impressive loss. Even by Jet standards, that was impressive. Uh, the next worst team is the Cincinnati Bengals. I, when Joe Burrow comes back, they will no longer be the second worst team. But without Joe Burrow, that team is... Maybe the third worst team. 
Who's the second worst? Team? I don't know. I'm just saying when Joe Burrow comes back, they'll be the third worst team. I mean, listen, they might not even be in the bottom five. Right, He's we'll that see. big of a difference maker for them. But A.J. Green remembered how to play football this weekend, so that was a plus. Yeah. Uh, after that, I have the Jaguars. I, I don't even care who they put a quarterback. My guy Gardner Minshew got back in the game today, and I'm pretty sure he's terrible, but my God, he's fun to cheer for. Yeah. And then I've got the Texans making an appearance in the bottom five. I lose track of how bad they actually are. They're, I mean, they're, they're skill position players. They, they're on their, what, fifth and sixth receivers now? I think so. I mean, so, I mean, they, their top four receivers are no, that started the season are no longer there. So, clearly, they... they <laughs> I mean, one of them was self-inflicted wound, right? So... Um, got rid of De- DeAndre yeah. Hopkins. So that was not smart. Good job, Bill O'Brien. Way to be. Uh, and now here you are, and they're just—they're not good. I, they, they have Deshaun Watson, so I always think they should be good, but they're not. And I don't know why I pretend like they are. Okay. And here's the reality: they suck. Sorry, but they do. Uh, uh, hopefully, it'll be better next year. Nothing against Deshaun Watson. And then for all of you NFC East people out there, the Eagles are still in the bottom five. Good victory against the backup quarterback, but if that's your threshold, I think that being the fifth worst team in the league is an appropriate spot for you because ultimately if you're that pumped about beating Taysom Hill and the Saints and that's your claim, the the highlight of your moment, or excuse me, the high moment of your season other than your tie, then, yeah, you're not a good team. So hopefully they uh, they can get it worked out before next year. I think they will. Jalen Hurts looks like he's got some skill. He's, he might be the guy. Um, but time will tell. I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, whatever you said. Well done. Thanks. Where do you want to go next? we got a bunch of new stuff here. Uh, SCOTUS, Texas? So SCOTUS, Texas is an interesting case. Um, basically, the Supreme Court under the Constitution has the authority to hear claims between states. It's, the, it's called the uh, the Court of Original Jurisdiction, meaning if... Texas wants to sue Pennsylvania for something, they have to go right to the Supreme Court. They can't go to a federal judge on in either state. They go right to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court in this instance decided that it was not they Texas did not have standing to sue Pennsylvania for election problems, fraud, whatever it was. I get it. Um I suppose that's probably right. I this is where the lawyer in me does come out to say, okay, well, hang on a minute. Let's say Pennsylvania really was, let me back up another step. Every state is free to run its elections. However, it deems fit. That's it's left up to the states to run their elections. However they want. It's not federal territory. It's not federal jurisdiction. Every single state gets to determine how that goes. The flip side is if you obviously it all, especially a presidential election, it, it, it does all interact. It, it, it matters what happens in Pennsylvania affects Texas, et cetera, et cetera. So if Pennsylvania, and I'm not saying this is what happened here, but this is me going down the, uh, the so-called slippery slope. If Pennsylvania basically did run a election, Pennsylvania's a bad, let's say, let's say New York is running. Everybody's on board. We all New York electoral votes are going to go to the Democrat candidate. We already know that that's fine. But they did it illegally. They did it in a way that was violation of of other constitutional rights, but nobody in New York really cared because that's how they wanted it anyway. It would seem that that should be something that the Supreme Court would at least hear, would want to hear, would be able to say, all right, well, wait, 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 if you're intentionally defrauding even like on a census so you get more House seats or you get more presidential electors or whatever it is, if the Supreme Court's not even going to hear it, I suppose that it's an unlikely scenario that it would come to anything, but I'm surprised they wouldn't at least, nah, surprise is the wrong word. I figured they wouldn't hear it, but I, I don't know that it's right that they won't hear it. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. So, again, you, you're you much more educated on this than I am. Um, oh, thank God for that. <laughs> um, I, I feel like it's the right thing, um, but, again, it's just a... It's a almost like a visceral. I don't think. I I don't know if I want the Supreme Court determining that. I guess I don't know. But like I said, you present a point of like who else is going to determine if there is actually something. So, um, yeah, I think the I'm result not, is probably there. I just don't know if that was the right way to get there. And it, it might be. Listen, I'm not a constitutional lawyer. I'm not a constitutional expert. I, I I have some background in this, and I'm not sure it's wrong. 
But I, I think we speak with certainty about things all the time that should require some questioning of, well, wait, what if? Like, what what is the proper venue then? And, and how would this be resolved? And, and what are going to be the ramifications if there is no way for this to be heard? Should we change the rules around so that it can be? Should should we have a legislature? They won't. Don't get me wrong. The legislature doesn't actually do anything. Um, I don't know. But it's it's it is what it is, and, and I think that was the last shot. Now, this coming on the heels of the Dominion, which I'm still I have not looked into this whatsoever. Yeah, no, nor have I. Like I said, I read one statement by one reporter. Like I said, it was very minimal, but it was breaking like just at at noon as as we were going on. So uh, we'll look into that further. I, and that's the thing of you and I talked about this before. Of there's a lot of things that are very weird about this election, and the voting systems being connected to the internet is troubling. That should not ever happen ever and it did and why do we have algorithms on voting machines why is it not ones and zeros why can you put a usb into these voting machines and make them fully corrupted why were we not doing more to secure the elections why why was this even an option that's my issue with all of it is look i i have no yeah, set up to fail it was set up to a worst case scenario is you all right maybe there was no fraud you, you certainly had the ability, and you invited it all the way in. Right. I mean, look, this is like not just unlocking your house when you go out of town and not canceling the newspaper, but putting a sign up that says, I will be out of town with no one home and no alarm on my house for the next 10 days. Thanks. And then being shocked when you get robbed. And then putting it on social media so the whole world knows with your address and then coming home being like, I think I got robbed. Yeah. And like I said, not if... You know, following up with our interview from uh, Mr. Malewski, Malewski, um what was it two, last episode? That was last. Yeah, episode. it was last yeah. week. Um, seems so long ago because so much right. has happened. Um, you know, he had concerns with China. You know, who basically took control of Dominion at some point in October, uh, and the ties to Hunter Biden and everybody else that kind of went in there. And now we're finding out that Hunter Biden is under investigation and has been under investigation since 2018 by the FBI uh, for tax affairs uh, through the statement of uh, Hunter Biden through the the president-elect campaign made a statement through the, the president um, basically saying that, uh, you know, he's aware that the or he just became aware that the you like that picture, don't you? I do. Um that he, he's being investigated. So I find it hard to believe that he just found out that he's investigated, first of all, or that anybody else in the Biden family uh, was not aware that he was being investigated because it seems as though the brother was also being investigated. Um, and so, I don't know, this is uh, breadcrumbs back to Mr. Malefsky's interview, which kind of took me back a little bit. Uh, but now he's got little breadcrumbs out there leading back to himself. So, um, you know, this was not allowed to be talked about before the election, but apparently now that we're after the election and uh, everybody can uh, kind of come out and come clean a little bit. This seems, I smell a little bit of a controlled demolition of this candidate by its own, if that's possible, to just usher in whatever the next thing is. Um, but here we are, Hunter Biden's back in the news. Uh, yeah, this is crazy. Um, look, We've talked about Hunter Biden a lot, and I again, I always feel the need to put this disclaimer out there. I feel bad for the guy. He's absolutely a drug addict. He got hooked on crack. He's had, I, I mean, I can't say it's been like a terrible life because the guy's basically American royalty at this point. Um, the stuff that was on that computer is is troubling. I mean, very, very troubling. Like what they have videos of him doing, what they have data of him doing and like that's why when this came out and everybody was like there's no way that he would just leave it in a shop or whatever i was like all right fine but even if that's the case it's still there this is still here and then you've got eyewitnesses saying that there's illicit dealings and my favorite defense to that one was well no it wasn't on his tax return exactly hence the tax evasion that's yeah no that's voluntary information what you put on there and if you're not putting your equity interests in your own name you're probably not claiming them on your taxes either like that's the worst offense ever so all of this stuff is adding up and the problem isn't that okay it's not illegal to do business in china no it's not it's not illegal well it is illegal to make money and not claim it on your tax return. It's also illegal to not disclose as a public figure that you're doing business in China with these different entities. The problem is that it's leverage. 
because now it's this is why somebody like with this situation shouldn't be able to get a national security clearance. It's it's not it's not rocket science. If I've got laptop footage of you smoking crack with a prostitute while she does unspeakable things with her feet to you, um, and and I you just said them they're un, they're speakable. I don't watch that. I mean, Listen, do not do not go into that computer. It's not it's awful what you will see. You're such a jerk. And anyways, um. And now your father is the president of the United States. Like, hey, guess what we've got? Oh, and all these financial records of you hiding your income and your family profiting off of this and all that. So let's talk about what we want. Let's talk about how the next trade deal is going to be a little more favorable to us. Let's talk about how we're going to go back to we're taking your intellectual property from any company that does here, uh, that does business over here. Like, I'm not saying any of this will happen. I'm saying it's concerning because this is just what we know. Right. And the reality is this family, the Biden family, has been doing this type of stuff of these, let's call them coincidental beneficial deals for the Biden family in all of these foreign countries for 20 plus years. This has been going on for 20 plus years. How much dirt do you think there is? Tony Babalewski, I can't say his name, still came out and said, yeah, you know, Joe Biden's the big guy. He's done it all the time. And they make a point of they never put Joe's name on anything because they need plausible deniability. So that's a witness who interacted with them saying that. You're not a little concerned? Not not a little? And now pre-election, you know, you try to talk about this and it was a, you're a Trumper and you're this, that, or the other. Russian like, disinformation. Yeah, like this is not, no, I'm concerned because this is actually, this is corruption. This, all what you're accusing Donald Trump of, of what your fears of, of Donald Trump and why he must be stopped at all costs, this guy has, and probably worse. Like, this is a problem. And I, I don't, I've said this about Donald Trump. I, listen, I don't think Donald Trump was sent by God. I don't think Donald Trump is this immaculate human being that's meant to save our, our society or anything else. I think Donald Trump is a flawed human being with a ton of money that has some good ideas and some bad ideas. And I think overall, he's kind of a jerk. That's my feeling on Donald Trump. Is he some new level of corruption, the likes of which we have never seen? No. If you believe that. Far below that. Oh, my God. Oh, well, look at what he put his kids in jobs. <laughs> Knock me over with a feather. Are you and, sure? And like I said, this is, goes back to what you're saying. Tony Bobulinski and our guest last week, Malevsky, both said he's like the Biden. He's like Joe Biden is compromised. The family is compromised. And he's going to be the leader of the free world, right? So, um, and compromised by China. And now we have all this information coming out where, you know, the Communist Party, all the Communist companies. Party is basically you know the word infiltrated has been used i'm not sure what they're doing but they're employed by all these uk firms across all industries and who knows you know they have this allegation out there of uh, of stealing uh, intellectual property for a while and it's they, not allegations it was it was how they did business if and, you wanted to sell something in china you had to give the government your intellectual property and you no longer had the right to it they and, did and, and so it seems as though they have made an effort to be everywhere and anywhere so um who knows what kind of leverage they have and if they're dealing with a compromised president if all, any of this is even close to true like there is a problem, uh, you know. Like I said, it's just starting to come out now. Who knows? Like I said, I, you know, it's hard for me to imagine a new attorney general uh, appointed by the Biden administration investigating Hunter Biden all that thoroughly. Listen, I I, I want to make this point, and then I'm going to hit what you just said. All of the, do you remember the P tapes that they yeah. went, like they alleged that they could blackmail Donald Trump yeah. because the Russian government had videos of Donald Trump getting peed on by prostitutes. Okay, you were very worried about that, but the 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 president's son having videos of let's just call them worse things, way worse things. That's not a concern to you. Like if you're a parent, imagine that was your child, and somebody says, "Hey, I'm going to go and release all of this information on your children." What are you going to do? Like, whether you we all like to think we're so noble and, and egalitarian that we'd be like. <laughs> Well, that you know what he's going to have to deal with that and take responsibility, and I'm I can't put that first. <laughs> okay, yeah, right. So on to this now. We've known all of this. Nothing new came out about Hunter Biden. This came out months ago. This came out 
months ago. I mean, half the country didn't know it came out months ago. That's incredible to me. Like, nothing new was discovered. We had access to the hard drive. We had access to these records. Tody Bobolinsky came out pre-election and made these allegations public with corroborating evidence, with multiple phones, email streams, and everything else, willing to go on the record. Um, No no denial from the Biden camp. No denial from the Biden camp. What was the guy's name in prison who uh, gave access to his Gmail account? Uh, Bevin Cooney. Bevin Cooney came out and said, yeah, this family is corrupt as they come. Have all my emails. You'll see it all in there. Every part of it's detailed and documented. And we had an entire media that went, nothing to see here. Block it. So, look. The New York Post had their Twitter account locked for weeks because they wouldn't take this article down basically full of facts. Yeah, and they said, well, we couldn't figure out how you verified it. You you let all this stuff stay up on the, the Russian campaign that turned out to be false with no problems with how that was vetted or sourced. And, like, all of this other stuff that, look, I don't, I would much rather you don't block anything. Let it all come out and let's see what's true. Let's see what's false. I, I don't, I don't care. Look, if Trump is getting peed on by Russian hookers and they have video of that, yeah, no, I think we should know that as a society so we can make decisions accord- accordingly. Um, I wanted, I'd rather have all these facts. My issue with this is, look, I, I don't, I don't want to be a conspiracy theorist. I don't want to say like, Hey, there's this big overarching, um, the communist party is infiltrating everything and they're spreading. I, the, none of that. I, I don't care. I, I do, but I don't know. I can't prove any of that. Here's my, here's what I know. I know that if this came out and it was Donald Trump's son that had all of this out, it would not have been covered up by the press. Every single person would have known about it. And I, it's different. And I also don't understand why. How did Joe Biden do this? How did Joe Biden get this much good fortune and good luck? Why is nobody at all curious about how for the last 20 years the Biden family has come into untold wealth by getting, I don't want to call them illegal, getting unethical contracts from the government, from the State Department, and from foreign governments, all for the benefit. And you don't think Joe Biden had any benefit to that? You don't think he had any financial soda? Like, there's a text message between Hunter Biden and somebody else where they said, I won't take 50% like dad does. And you're not even, like, the press didn't feel like that was worth covering? Now this is the problem. Yeah, go ahead. Why? What is it about who is controlling? Who is making these decisions? Who is the one saying yay or nay? Go back to the Jeffrey Epstein stuff. Why is this not being covered? Why are people not talking about this on every single talk show that pertains to cover politics? Why are we not talking about this? This is troubling. We've talked about it at length on the show. We're nobody. I, listen, I don't, have a, I don't have a hat in the ring here. I don't have a, a peg in the game. I can't remember the expression right now. Sure. I don't have a horse in the race. How's that? I think all politicians are ultimately corrupt and not the best people. That's my opinion. I think you have to be an absolute egomaniac and an arrogant, arrogant human being to even want to run for any elected office, especially president in an executive branch. That's my opinion. So I think all of these people are substantially flawed. I thought the same thing about Donald Trump. My only warning on Donald Trump was always he's not some new level of evil. And if you think he is, you're going to look the other way on everything else. If you feel like you have the moral, moral superiority, you are okay doing anything. And that's what we've done. We got so transfixed on Donald Trump's rude behavior and insults and alleged corruption by doing the same thing every other president for the last 40 years has done. That what we have gone in and replaced him with is the devil we don't know. That's what we've done. The problem is some of us do know who this devil is that's coming in now. And I can say unequivocally and with almost no hesitation, no reservation whatsoever, he's worse. Yeah. And like I said, you know, to your question why, you know, there's a there's a cathedral built around the press and politicians and. Donald Trump ran roughshod through the cathedral and that's why they rallied around him or against him um, or rallied around Biden to stop Trump. So, you know, I'm, I checked out of the cathedral uh, in 2012. So like, I don't care what any politician or any traditional press have to say almost in any regard. So um, I aware they exist. I'm aware that they're influential to the large majority of the population. They're just not influential to me. So, um, but I'm aware that, again, I'm aware that there's a problem, and um, this is why I usually am <laughs> on the outside of the cathedral myself. So, um, 
When you, know, you talk I, about I, sowing distrust in the society, though, like Donald Trump is sowing distrust in the elections and Donald Trump is sowing distrust in the press. No, you are. You are sowing distrust in yourself, in your own industry. It is the biggest self-inflicted wound ever because whether you want to acknowledge it or not, the internet exists, okay? And we don't need you to tell us what stories can and cannot be discussed. We can go and look them up because there's other sites that will talk about them. Now, we don't have your reach. We don't have your power. We don't have your authority or anything else. But the reality is I know what I saw. I know what is there. I've seen this, and I've seen how it's treated differently, and so have millions of other people. So you want to talk about why nobody trusts the press anymore? This is why. Because they shouldn't. Because there is absolutely no good reason to trust the press at this point. I don't care if it's Fox News, Newsmax, OAN, CNN. I have no reason to trust you. You have abdicated the responsibility of earning the trust of the people. You did it to yourself. So don't sit here and cry about how, all oh, we should just believe the press and it's irresponsible what we're saying. Screw you. Honest to God, either start doing your job or stop whining that nobody wants to listen to you anymore because you're full of nonsense. You are a cheerleader. You are not reporters anymore. So kind of, I don't know if this is a transition or not. If we're talking about it is Biden, now. Biden, sexual harassment, and his potential attorney general. Oh, God help me. Our governor. At least you didn't just call him my governor this time. Your governor. There it is. Andrew Cuomo. Uh, former aide charges uh, that he was uh, sexually harassed her for years and that she had several witnesses and that she was not alone and she's hoping that people will come forward. Do you think they're a match made in heaven, Biden and Cuomo? I think they're a match made somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think heaven's the right place. Um, So this is a former aide. She's running for, uh, she thinks she ran for... Maybe a state office. I don't know. And maybe in a primary and did not win. Now she's running for Manhattan Borough President. Um, sure. I didn't know that was something. Yeah, I know. Um, we had a candidate run for that office a couple of years ago and ran to abolish the office. So, how'd he do? Uh, he did not win. So That's it's too still bad. There. Yeah. So, um, Manhattan Borough President candidate, uh, former aide to the governor, has said that uh, she was sexually harassed. I, back to your press. Uh, uh, critique. I'm wondering how it will be handled. He has been uh, treated as almost a idol the last uh, eight, nine months here. And uh, I'm wondering how that this new information is going to uh, affect that old uh, persona. It's not. That's sad. Right. I, apparently she's not a Cuomo sexual, which apparently I not. still think is the saddest part of this whole year that that became a word. I'm yeah. just kidding. I know there was way sadder stuff than that, yeah. but that's real pretty sad. Um, yeah, uh, it's not going to get talked about. It's not going to get covered. And the, the, because the reality is the people that are not like, I hear about sexual harassment from 20 years ago and it's, it's, I don't mean to dismiss it. I don't want to not care about it or anything else. I, I feel like, okay, there's so many layers to this of, all right, how, what was it? What was the level? What all of this stuff? And I don't think sexual harassment is an unforgivable offense from which you can't recover. And my, that's my opinion, unless it's. You know, Harvey Weinstein type stuff. It's not that. It's a, look, if you can learn and grow from it, I think that we should be able to forgive you. I think if you can apologize, own it, and do better, then good. That's growth. That's what we want to see. As long as you're not, you know, crossing that line into actual sexual assault, that like that, you're done. That There's there's right. no forgiving that. Right. But if you're like a product of a different era and you got taught different and in, in wrong views on the interaction between men and women, but then you, you know, you have your mea, mea culpa, you acknowledge your guilt, you say, hey, listen, I'm sorry, I, I get it now, I was wrong, good. Now let's fix it and let's move on and, and apologize, do what's right. And so I, I view that. Now, some people... So view, you're calling for a Cuomo and apology tour? Hell yeah, <laughs> but not for this. So I, I think Cuomo, but, but there's other people that view it very differently where it's like sexual harassment is now in the era of Me Too, like it's, you're dead. You're done. There's no, there's no forgiveness for you. There's no coming back for you. You have no problem. Your time is over. Down with the patriarchy. The problem is everybody that feels that way loves Andrew Cuomo. And Joe Biden. And Joe Biden. I, I, listen, I, I wish it was different, but it's not. This is what it is, and it's not going to get any coverage. Nobody's going to want to talk about it. Nobody's going to want to do anything with it. And everybody that was so indignant on the Brett Kavanaugh side, I'll bet five bucks we hear crickets from you now because we heard crickets when Joe Biden and Tara Reid came out and said, 
Yeah, this is what he did. Yeah. And now Andrew Cuomo's got it. You're going to have crickets again because ultimately you don't care. It's just a front for you to attack the political side you don't like. There's yes. no consistency to it. It's just who you are. It's selective me too. So It's selective me too. Yeah, yeah, and listen, sexual harassment is wrong. We shouldn't be doing it. We should know better than this by now. Now, there are some people that do it, and sometimes it's an honest mistake, and sometimes it's part of a larger pattern. Every day for multiple years seems like kind of part of a pattern to me, but I'm not here to judge without knowing all the facts. So maybe it should be investigated. If only there was an industry, we could create it. They could go and look into stuff, and they could go through old records. They could interview witnesses. They could talk to people on the record, and then they could write stories about it so the rest of us could process this and maybe understand it. What a great industry that would be. We should invent it. I, you know what? Or reinvent. How about reinvent it? I think we're on to something here. I think we're trying. Because that's what we could be doing right now. Instead, what will happen is, number one, it'll get ignored. When well, so well, I'll make back a little bit. It'll, it'll get written, but it'll get written by the people who primarily are read by Republicans and then dismissed as Republican agenda, whatever, and only reported on the one side. So, again, we create these two realities where we have whoever yep. listens to these channels and radios and TVs over here has this reality, and then we have this other group over here who has this other reality. I'm removed from both of those realities, so I can see them both. I probably have my own bubble that they can probably see me in, but I see both of them, and they're gigantic bubbles, and they're just the same bubble. They're just different colored. Yeah, there's they're two sides of the same coin. It's That's what it is. So what will happen is, yes, the, the right side will write all of these pieces on it, and the people on the right will suddenly become very indignant about sexual harassment as they've never been before. The Boys Will Be Boys Club will suddenly be wearing the hashtag Me Too shirts like they're on your side now. Because, again, it's just politics. You're going after the guy you don't like. And look, neither side is better, neither side is worse. They both are who they are. The people that were adamantly like defending Brett Kavanaugh for a year will now suddenly be like, oh, we have to believe all women right now. And this is what's going to happen. So then you're going to have the total flip around. Everybody's full of it. Nobody's objective in this. And... So then in the papers that are pro Andrew Cuomo, you'll start getting not outright attacks on this woman, but you'll you'll get some articles that will undercut her credibility and make it seem like she's just trying to build politics. And this is the classic strip. You don't want to come out, out and attack her because then even the most ardent people on your side got to come after you. But you can release articles to kind of show like, oh, well, she's really just trying to get an office. And what if that's what it was? But there's no we're not saying that you're saying it without saying it. So. This is going to be much ado about nothing. Uh, everybody, Do you think it affects his appointment for a potential AG position? <laughs> no. So are you rooting for that? You're so funny. Kind of. Listen, I, I the one hand, no, because I don't want to reward people for doing awful things. This, this is, yeah, this is, my, this is my fear is that they're going to, if he becomes AG, like he controls who's investigated within the federal government kind of, right? So like yeah. that doesn't seem like a good person to be in charge of the hen house. I can't think of a worse person yeah. than him. He would no, just I mean, Hunter Biden. settle vendettas. Well, Hunter Biden would be better because at least you'd be like, what is he doing? Every now and then he would have some, you'd have some funny stories. Andrew Cuomo is a politician. And I mean that in every in, insulting sense of the word. It is who he is to his core. He grew up in this. He lives this. He he dies this, and it's New York politics. It's pay to play. It's holding grudges. It's vendettas. It's using people and then getting rid of them all in the name of personal advancement. He is who he is. He's pretty good at it, actually. I'm not one of the best. Well, absolutely, he's he's exceptionally good at it. Uh, I don't think he's going to take the position, although if he probably should. Um, selfishly, yeah, I want him to get the hell out of New York State. I, like truly, he is awful. And the problem that makes him so awful is the number of people that so blindly support him. And even people like, I'm not going to name names here, but mid-level people that are in charge and in office, they have to kiss the ring. They can't do anything else. Like, even if you looked at everything and said, wow, he's really screwing this up, you can't say anything. Because if you do, we'll cut off your funding because that's who he is as a human being. You come out and say, hey, uh, the nursing home executive order probably did cause a lot of deaths that we should be accounting for, and we need to change our strategy. The orange zones don't make sense because restaurants are not spreading this virus, so we really don't need to do this anymore. Guaranteed in a year you lose your funding, and then our immaculate, wonderful press will give you no coverage on it whatsoever, and nobody will care. But it'll be your fault as the next level county leader when you lose all your funding and now you lose office. Yeah. Uh, you got to see uh, the latest episode of the pod Cuomo today where the, uh, you got to 
vaccinate a nurse in Queens, I believe. That's exciting. Rolled out the vaccine today in New York. Good. Are you, uh, have you made your appointment yet? Uh, you're funny. No. <laughs> I, I have not. Did you sign up your kids for the trial at Upstate? No. No. Because no, no, they're not old enough? Well, they're not, thankfully. Um, but even if they were, they're, you should have no, started early. No chance at all. Um, listen, all right, let's talk vaccine. Okay. I think I know where you stand on this. My own opinion on this is, is well-documented territory. I believe the vaccine is probably safe, and I believe it is probably effective. Effective. I do. I, I, I'm not telling anybody not to get it. I'm not saying, like, it's, it's evil or whatever else. I will not get this vaccine, nor will my children. There is no chance. And the reason is pretty simple of it's developed by these pharmaceutical companies under the guise of and under the eye of the government, yes. But I it, speaking of industries that have no business being trusted, pharmaceutical industries deserve no trust whatsoever. Because ultimately they will absolutely let you die if it is in their financial interest to do so. And there is years of evidence to support that. So the reason I won't take this vaccine is quite simple. Number one is the um pre-existing immunity inside in the community as a whole is over somewhere between 20 and 60 percent of the population has pre-existing t-cell immunity and cannot spread this all these models that were based on all these millions of people dying operated under the assumption that we had no immunity to this and that has been definitively proven false we do have pre-existing immunity to this large numbers of our population do Okay, so that's number one, and and so, yeah, let's rush through a vaccine and give it to everybody, even though somewhere between a fourth and half of us already have immunity. Okay, Uh, number two is I'm 36 years old. I'm in good health. Uh, This virus poses absolutely no threat to me whatsoever from a fatality standpoint. Yes, I could get sick. Yes, I could spread it, except as I've said multiple times, if I'm sick, I just stay home. I don't go out. I don't put a mask on and go see people. I don't do anything. If I have any symptoms whatsoever, I don't go out. So the odds of me spreading this are roughly 0.1% because I'm not going anywhere if I have any symptoms whatsoever. Uh, And yes, I know asymptomatic spread can happen, but it's exceedingly rare. So that's number two is this virus is absolutely no threat to me or my children. And the vaccine is i don't know what the threat is it's but there's there is a threat of side effects and typically it's flu-like symptoms so all right i'm gonna get a vaccine for covid by getting myself every symptom of covid seems odd um and the the last reason is look i i know the studies have come out and and all this other stuff that says it's perfectly safe and yada 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 they said that back in 1976 with the swine flu too that turned out to be false and they say they gave people paralysis there are other people that will have adverse side effects to this medication it will happen and okay you can do the cost benefit of that on your own my bigger issue is very simple this is really really brand new technology you're talking about synthetically made RNA strands that they are inputting into your body so that your body gets into the cells and your body will react. And it's not a complete strand of the RNA, and I understand that. But, look, this is – it's not quite playing God, but, Mike, it's getting there. And it's it's incredible that we're able to do this. It's absolutely amazing. I'm blown away by the technology that we have developed. It is – it's truly a remarkable time to be alive. But – to act as if we fully grasp every potential risk and side effect that could possibly happen from this vaccine, in my opinion, is is just the height of arrogance. Of Yes, I know, well, we're so much more technologically advanced now than we were back in the 30s or the 70s when all these other things happened. Sure, but don't you think they, saw, they thought the same exact thing in the 70s? Well, we're so advanced now that we can do a lot better job. Every minute in our history is the most technologically advanced we have ever been. Think about what we will know in a hundred years compared to what we know now and how different it'll the, be. The Anunnaki disagree. <laughs> All right, let me rephrase that. In, um, in America's history, just America's, not, not worldwide, overall, just America's history, our country, we always think that what we are is, is the best. And, and it's true, but it's not acknowledging the reality of there's so much we don't know. There's so much we don't understand. And look, again, I, am, I don't want to come across as like, I hate all these people or science is evil and we just need whatever. Fine. But we don't understand all the risks that are associated with this. We couldn't. We couldn't. Like if it came out in a year 
that a year and a half down the road from getting this vaccine, one in five people ended up experiencing diabetes-like symptoms because of an overreaction from white blood cells because it responded negatively to the synthesized proteins. Are we going to be able to be like, well, no, we looked for that and it didn't happen. Like, I'm not saying that's going to happen. I have no idea. But it's a risk. It's a cost-benefit analysis of I don't understand all the risks and neither do the scientists. I don't care what anybody says. There's no way that we could. And I understand the risk of COVID and I accept them. So why would I take the vaccine? Well, you could spread it to somebody else. No, I'll stay home if I have any symptoms whatsoever. And if I do that, I'm not going to spread it anyway. And if you get vaccinated, God bless you. Good for you. Go get vaccinated. I I support you. You're willing to take that risk on. But I know I've studied the pharmaceutical industry for a while. Let me tell you something. If there were side effects that they weren't sure about, but they felt like maybe they should disclose, but it was going to cost them the millions and billions of dollars they are going to make on this vaccine, they 100% would not disclose it. 100%. I mean, look look back a few years ago when Mylan bought the EpiPen, and they increased the price 500% because they could. That was the only reason. Technology didn't change. Medicine didn't get better. They just, they just said, yeah, 500% increase because we can. That's why. People died. They didn't care. They made more money. Gilead, the company that made Remdesivir, uh, bought up a company that created a cure for hepatitis C in a pill. One pill a day, 12 weeks, you are cured of hepatitis C. So they bought the company, charged $1,000 per pill for the medication, and made back all the money on the acquisition within about a year. So hugely profitable, nothing illegal about it. But then they went and did stock buybacks, and the CEO and the entire leadership team ended up all making about $150 million that year per person through their stock buybacks plus salaries. So if they had priced it at $500 a pill, they probably would have made a ton of money still. More people would have bought it, and they would have saved more lives. But instead, they did this because ultimately, and I'm not saying this is even like bad of them. They're a business. They're in this to make money. If they, by, by creating incredible medicine, it's unbelievable what these companies will do, but they don't spend a lot of money on R and D. That's their, that's always their go, go to excuse. They spend more money on marketing than they spend on research and development and not, not by a little, by, by a whole lot. So the other example is insulin. Do you know how long we've had insulin? About a hundred years. hundred yeah, just about 100 years. The three gentlemen who invented insulin sold the patent to the University of Toronto for $1 each. So they sold the patent for $3 because it was more important that it become publicly available. Well, now there's about three companies that own the patents on insulin because they've, quote, tweaked it. So they guess what they get to do? They get to set the price. Guess what they all happen to do with this competition? Their prices move in absolute lockstep. They all go up together. They all come down together. They all do the exact same thing. Why? Insulin is life-saving treatment for people. Oh, well, they're making money. So I have no trust in that industry whatsoever. I think that I do think the vaccine is safe. I think people who take it, good for you. God bless you. If I was in a higher risk category, I would consider it more strongly. I'm not. So I'm not willing to place that level of faith in an industry, in the companies, or in the individuals who have absolutely not earned that faith. And if you feel differently, good for you. But if you're going to come and like attack somebody like me and, and look down upon me, I'm just going to ask you, have you looked at any of the studies? Have you looked at what is actually involved in this? Have you listened to any of the doctors on the other side of the argument saying, Guys, this really is not safe. This is not done well enough. We should, we should be going way more cautiously. Have you looked at any of the studies or any of the doctors that have said, guys, COVID-19 is just not that deadly any longer, and a lot of the deaths happened because we screwed up treatment early on and we're not doing it anymore, so we shouldn't be doing all of this. If you haven't looked at any of that, maybe slow down before you tell anybody else what they should or shouldn't be doing as far as healthcare for their own body. Maybe, maybe it's not as simple as, well, you're selfish and you don't care about other people. I'm going to immunize myself for you. Yeah, I, I'm not taking the vaccine. I'm not going to go into all that, but the first few Sorry. reasons that you labeled out are laid out. The I'm young enough and in good enough health, there I don't feel like I'm a risk. I may have already had this in January, so I feel like there's maybe a good 
five, 10, maybe longer years of uh, immunity already built up, I, you know, do the same thing. If I'm sick, I stay home. So, um, I do think it should be targeted to the people who are at risk, um, you know, but trying to get 80% of the people with this vaccine seems ludicrous to me. It's, it's the same thing that we keep going back to of like, look, it, nothing is risk-free. Nothing, nothing at all is risk-free. It's choose your risk. Which one do you want? You ignoring one of the risks is not enlightenment. It's not that you're somehow morally superior because you just choose not to look at that side of it. It's worse. Like, look, if you you look at all of this and you accept the penalties and you accept the risks that come with lockdowns, vaccines, medicines, whatever it is. My kids all have vaccinations. I have vaccinations. Like, I'm not an anti-vaxxer. Like, that's not my thing. This one is too new and the risk doesn't justify the reward to me. Yeah. That's my opinion. Everybody else gets to make their own. That's right. So be we hope. well for now. We hope. <laughs> um, so speaking of the Anunnaki. Oh, um, really? We're going in that today. <laughs> That's the direction we're going in. No. Um, did you happen to skim across? I shared it on the Facebook page, and I think you uh, may have stumbled across it, that the former Israeli uh, space security chief says that aliens exist and that we have been in contact with them for years. We have an underground base on Mars and that Trump knows all this and was going to release it and then decided that we weren't ready. I'm so happy. (laughs) I, I am. I'm so happy to see So, I mean, this is like no, this is not like some like just nobody either. Like, this dude is like the head of like NASA for Israel. Um, so I found it, and he basically said, he's like, I already, you know, I got all my awards, I got all my accolades. He's like, you can't do anything to me. I'm saying whatever I want to say. So I kind of like it. God bless um, old men. Yeah. Um, <laughs> unless they're in the gym, don't go to, you don't, you know what I mean? I don't go to the gym. That's, you're, just don't go there with old men. Fair enough. Um, so yeah, so this, you know, basically former head of the Israeli space agency is telling us uh, that we're in contact with aliens. So if, if, if that's true, what, and I, I'm guessing if we're just going to buy it all, uh, there's an underground base in Mars um, with, they said there's Americans there. That's so awesome. There's like a space a, force, a, baby. There's a confederation of ga- a galaxy confederation of, of these civilizations. And we're just not ready to, uh, uh, engage yet i mean i trust their judgment already i gotta tell you <laughs> they're, they're they, they i guess they have been watching us uh you know what's funny is i talked to my 11 year old son about that this weekend okay. i told him like look this guy is the head of a space agency for israel it's a very well-developed country that does a lot of stuff in this field and he came out and said aliens do exist we've had contact with them and and this and his exact reaction was like oh yeah right come on and I kind of laughed for a minute. It was this teachable moment as a father. I looked at him. I was like, hey, Bob, let me ask you something. He goes, yeah. Who do you think would know better, you or the head of the space agency for a country that travels into space? And he's like, probably him. Yes. Yeah. So maybe, listen, I'm not saying it's automatically right. true. No. No, but the the way it was delivered with such basically, I don't care what anybody thinks about me anymore attitude, makes me more makes it more believable to me. Yeah, like this guy is not looking to. Uh, maybe he's going to sell books. Sure, I don't know. Right? Yeah, but I mean, but he, he can do that now. He's like, yeah, this is what it is. I love it. And again, this is I. I. If you want to do the math, you look around the universe at the sheer size of it, the number of planets that are out there, the odds that there is no other intelligent life across the entirety of the universe is about zero. It's it's statistically not possible. So most of us can accept that reality. Why is it such a leap to get to the idea that they're nearby? Why is yeah. that such a hard fa- thing to fathom? Well, without getting into to a bunch of cosmology, I'm not sure that things are as far as away as we think they all are. So um, without getting into redshift, which is basically a measure of the way color changes and we've been using using it to measure stuff and how stuff moves away. Um, that might not be accurate. So who knows how far things are. And I guess with that idea, then maybe things are closer and more attainable and accessible than we think. So, um, people want to dismiss this because it makes them uncomfortable. And I understand that. I I Oh, sure. But come on, listen, if you are so confident, and this is, this is one of the most wonderful and awful traits of almost all Americans, just sheer, unearned confidence of you will say with such certainty like oh this this whack job over here talking about aliens 
Yeah. All right, Joe. Like, let give me your background on this topic. What books did you read? What did you study? Oh, mm-hmm. you're uh, an electrician. Cool. Great job. I want my son to be an electrician. I keep pushing him towards it because I think it's an amazing career. Until the solar flare. Well, then he's going to be more busy than ever. Uh, Maybe infinitely busy because I'm not sure there's going to be any wires left. Um, it's got to restart somewhere, pal. Yeah. So what well, we got? He's got 20 years to worry about that at least. Um, like I said, it's all up here, buddy. Timing it all out. So, yeah, that, but, okay, good. Let Why are you so willing to dismiss this? Like, this guy in the field of space and therefore aliens knows more than you. Period. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I, I try not to believe anything one way or the other, and I just, just try to absorb information as much as I can, and this is just more information that I get to process and kind of bounce around in my head so i just believe everything screw it like let's it's go kind of the, if mean. you believe nothing or believe everything it's the same right so yeah. like if you just believe everything or believe nothing it's really the same i just don't try to draw lines so i just try to not disbelieve anything like if i open up to it's possible there's almost nothing in this world i know for certain i have conclusions not answers answers are yes no and they don't change conclusions are based on the information here's the conclusion that i've drawn give me new information and i'll change my mind but I think too long we have people that want to have answers and they want to think like it's going to work a certain way. And the reality is we don't know anything. Yeah, the more you know, the more you don't know. That's right. the best part. It's amazing how little we actually understand, uh, even as a society and on an individual level of, look, the smartest humans don't fully grasp everything going on around us. You think you do? Like, come on, let's just be open to the prospect of like maybe – Maybe we don't know that much. Maybe there's a whole world of things happening that that we just don't even see because we're not paying attention and we're not looking for it. All right. And speaking of that, this is a perfect segue to end the show, my friend. You're welcome. So we have two. I have, and I don't think, well, you know one about one, but I have booked two guests. Um, one next week, Assemblyman John Salka. He uh, represents the New York 121st. He is a... 30-year vet uh, respiratory therapist and current assemblyman. So we're going to talk about COVID response here in New York a little bit. So um, he has agreed to come on. Um, I also got confirmation today that Ben Davidson will come back onto the show um, sometime after the book release in February, which is the next end of the world. So you can pre-order that book. Um, I pre-ordered two of them, one for myself and one I'm going to give away to you folks out there in the audience there. So as soon as we get those, I'll let, we'll try to figure out a way to give those away through some kind of raffle. Um, but expect to have Mr. Davidson back on the show sometime, maybe in February or March uh, after his book release. Um, again, that's the next end of the world, uh, the rebirth of catastrophism. And I would highly recommend to uh, pre-order that and get your own copy unless you want to wait for uh, a potential prize here. So, we have those two things to look forward to. I'm pumped. Yeah. Um, By the way, we can't end the show yet. We have not even talked about the pardons. Well, I mean, we did kind of. I mean, real quick here and see. So the original Assange pardon came from a pastor who has had history of access to the president. So it's not like it's just some random dude on Twitter. Um And again, people are using that as a... You know, it's not, it hasn't been confirmed yet, but the rumor is out there now that the president is going to pardon Julian Assange. Um, he seems to be in terrible health and seems to be, you know, on the verge of being extradited to the United States for some degree and, and maybe charged for treason. So um, if true, again, I think it's a huge step in, resha- in not maybe say reshaping, but shaping the legacy of the presidency, a continued shaping. And I hope it doesn't end here. And I hope it's true. And I hope that Edward Snowden is part of that. I hope Ross Albright is part of that. I hope Chelsea Manning is part of that. I hope this begins a, a pardon train. Um, again, for people who, you know, these people are, 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 giving information to the people. They're holding the government account. And we said that we were waiting for somebody to do that. These are the people who have been doing that, and this is how they've been treated. Yeah, as far as Assange goes, I, uh, I'm i not... Sorry way of saying this. I don't know intimately what he shared or didn't share. I, I don't... Like, I've heard, well, it's a national security leak. I, yeah, you say that about everything, though. I know Edward Snowden was 100% in the, in the right. What he did was needed to be pointed out that the NSA was doing that. It was unbelievable. It was un, uh, unfathomable. Um, 
the fact that John Brennan seems to be so much opposed to the pardon makes me think I'm for it because pretty much anything he believes I'm I'm on the opposite side of because uh, I should be. I can't imagine somebody doing more harm in the name of trying to do good for the country than John Brennan has done. Um, so I think that I, I think it's an important step because I think the government has taken it for granted that they can play us for too long and do whatever it wants. And action against the government is not synonymous with action against the country. When the government is wrong, to stand up to it is right. And in this case, it seems like the government was wrong. I, truly, it does. That what they were doing was wrong. And they have no authority. And the government is just people. And people make mistakes and they do things that are wrong. And then they cover it up. So I, from that standpoint, now look, I'm not a libertarian. I don't really know what I qualify as. You you are part of a libertarian party. And you that's that's part of the identity on this. Here's my question for you. Let's say all of this stuff comes true. Assange, Snowden, um, Albright, the pardons all go down. He pull, Donald Trump pulls us out of Afghanistan before he leaves office. Mm-hmm. And then all the other track record being what it is. What are the libertarian... Is, is Donald Trump the most libertarian president we've had this, uh, let's say, in the last hundred years, if this all happens this way? Um... Quite possibly. Uh, there's, I've seen arguments made to that exact fact that Donald Trump has been the most libertarian president. Um, I mean, listen, I, I, clearly I can point to things that are very non-libertarian, starting right. with you know tariffs and whatnot, you know, whatever. There's, there's things that I can point to along yes. the way. Um, but if you're going to break down individual, I don't know, accomplishments, then yeah, there's a lot of libertarian, especially if this all goes down. I mean, listen, if he pulls troops out of Afgan- Afghanistan that alone is the most libertarian accomplishment in the last 20 years. Sure. Clearly. Right. So, um, he he could, he could be that for sure. Um, I'm not sure that he is that now he, there's an argument to be made that he has, there there has been argument made that he is now already. Um, but if you, if what you're asserting happens where, you know, Assange and Chelsea Manning and, 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 and Snowden and, and Ross Albright are all pardoned and he pulls troops out, then yeah, I would, I would grant him that title. Um, even though he's not libertarian, I would just say he's the most, he's accomplished the most libertarian. He has the most libertarian accomplishments, I guess. How about that? Okay. I was just curious. Yeah. Like I, I'm again, you know, I kind of echo some of the stuff you said. Like, I don't think he's a great human being. And again, he's not libertarian policy. You know, he's not doing things that I would ask for out of a politician, but he has done some things that I think are commendable. I, again, I think if this happens, then this would be the most commendable. I think the the bar for libertarian over the last 20 years is unthinkably low because we just have gotten so far yeah, away from that. For um, sure. I my thing on Donald Trump. Listen, I'm I'm pretty old fashioned when it comes to the president. Like I didn't like when President Obama didn't wear a tie. Okay, I, I that's me. That that's who I am as a person. So the I mean, all you, cap, do you ever wear shorts on the golf course? Do I ever wear? Sh- of course I do. I'm okay. not the president. I'm nobody. But if you're the president, I mean, you're Tiger, the president. Tiger Woods golf shorts on the golf course. What's a that? Tie? I said Tiger Woods wears shorts on the golf course if it's not a tournament. Good for him. He's not the president either. It's different. It's a leisure activity. But you're, you're buying into the cathedral. If you're the president, I think that it's, it's different. And that's why Donald Trump, the, the all caps tweeting, the name calling, the making up nicknames, uh, all of this stuff, I, I can't even express to you how much I hate it. it oh, I just can't stand it. It's childish. It's beneath the dignity of the office if such a thing still exists. It's beneath what I want the dignity of the office to be. In reality, the pre- no person has lived up to that level of dignity of the office in my lifetime, probably. And never will. Right, and never you will. Remove, you should remove that spe- but I want them to, But I want them to shoot for it. I want them to view it that way, and they don't. So, okay, fine. My point on Donald Trump has always been he is like everybody else. He has good qualities. He has bad qualities. You'll, he's going to do some things you agree with and some things you disagree with. It's what it is. So the idea that everybody lost their mind of like, I've never seen this level of vitriol to a politician and people just felt so entitled to be like, hey, look, if you don't realize that this man is the gravest threat to the security of our country, then you're an idiot. (laughs) I'm sorry, you just started watching politics four years ago. Some of us have been following it a long time and we could tell you, most assuredly, this isn't new. Yeah. Welcome to the game. It's awful. Now you get to watch it with the rest of us. Like, the problem is they're going to tune back out. 
that's what really the tragedy of all of this is. And I literally had a guy on that I was debating or discussing this uh, on social media with an old friend of mine. And I said, the problem is I've heard this too many times about how this threat is just too big and we can't we can't risk it now because this is the biggest threat. You said it's, it about George W. Bush. You it's said the it, most dramatic rose ceremony ever. The most dramatic rose ceremony ever. You said it about George W. Bush. You said it about Mitt Romney. You said it about John McCain, for God's sakes. Like, you said it about all these other people. And then his his response, I'm not making this up. His response was, I agree with you, but this time it really is different. Right. And I, I just I've gotten that exact response myself. Stared and I'm like, okay. at the computer screen like, is it me? Like, is, is it me? Am I, am I just... No, it's not you. Like, you don't see the disconnect here of like, again, well, this time, this time is just so different. No, it's not. Yeah. Stop giving Donald Trump that much credit as yeah, if exactly. he's... Listen, Donald Trump is not playing four-dimensional chess against anybody, but he's also not a moron. He's a pretty smart guy who has very good instincts. That's what he is, and he's impulsive, he's overreactive, and he's overly sensitive to criticism and insult. These are all accurate statements about Donald Trump. It doesn't make him the devil. It doesn't make him the savior. It makes him a human being that has a tough job, and he does some things good and some things bad, and in some ways he's been a great president, and in some ways he's an absolute sack of shit. Excuse my language. It is what it is. So take it for what it's worth, and let's try to be a little bit better the next time around. And if you were so indignant about all the corruption and all of the threat to democracy that Donald Trump was, if you're going to be at all a genuinely true person, you better have the same attitude under Joe Biden because it ain't better. It's not at all, and start looking into this stuff because it's worth knowing ahead of time. And I'm telling you right now, what is in that man's past and what is in that man's track record is concerning, to say the least. Yeah, well... I will say that we should all be paying attention to see uh, whether or not the four-dimensional chess master Donald Trump pulls off his executive order on December 18th, which is the 45 days from Election Day uh, executive order that he launched in 2018. Oh, yeah, that's right, that he can claim a national security measure because the elections have been compromised by a foreign by a foreign uh, entity so oh god what a sweet time so we got four alive. we got four days to make sure <laughs> I, don't think I, can, I don't think i'm up for this one i'm going out of, i'm going to sweden so well congrats i'm Enjoy done sweden. i can't do this anymore so all right everybody so tune in next week we'll have Assemblyman Salka on to talk uh, COVID and COVID response out of the governor and all things. And maybe uh, maybe we'll talk a little uh, respiratory stuff, too, So since that's his area of expertise. Yeah, let's talk respiratory stuff. Way to draw the crowd in, Sean. Well, you know, you we, are in the of a we are in the middle of a respiratory pandemic, supposedly. So I'm just uh, All I know is I'm stocked on toilet paper, so I am prepared. Excellent work. Thanks. All right. On that note. We'll see everybody next Monday. Thank you for tuning in. Please uh, share, like, and subscribe and uh, spread the word about the show. And uh, thank you all for tuning in. Thank you, Mr. Husong, for uh, your presence. Can't thank you enough. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, guys. guys.